1: right we are back with another episode of the real estate investing club today we have fred warder with us from joe homebuyer down in sunny california fred and i just spent a good 15 minutes battling the internet gods uh we were able to get it to work so i'm so happy it's going to be a good day good episode fred thank you very much for hopping on the show
0: no glad to be here glad to be here i think i made a, a sacrifice this morning that helped us so we're good (laughs) In a couple potholes on the way in.
1: There you go. Uh, I told you before we got on here, we like starting with stories. We like to hear how people got to where they are. So, uh, why don't you take us back to the beginning? How'd you get started in real estate?
0: Yeah, no worries. I've been in real estate for about three years in county, full time for the last six months. I'm a veteran of corporate America for 25 years, and I got involved in real estate because there was a a point in my life where I had a, an executive level job and I was traveling fifty percent of the time, and I had two little kids at home. And I'm literally in the middle of nowhere in Illinois, driving through cornfields, going on uh, store visits, and had a panic attack and said, "My gosh, I'm going to spend half my life away from my kids. There's got to be a better way of doing this." But I had the golden handcuffs on. I was making really good money, but I realized there was a better way to live than than working for somebody else. And real estate. The more I researched it had the easiest barrier of entry it really does
1: Yeah, yeah and that's what um so many people they're kind of in that situation it was the situation i was in i was in corporate america um you know and I, nothing against corporate america it works out for a lot of people it's a, it's just what you're looking for in life but a lot of people do find themselves in that situation where they're working in corporate it doesn't fit the vision they have for their life and they need a way out and i 100 percent agree real estate is the easiest way to get there um, you know there's a thousand ways to make a lot of money but real estate is by far in my opinion the best way to do it um, so what once you I mean once you had that panic attack and those are scary in and of themselves so once that you went through that experience what was the kind of first steps you took to get your way out of there to find um, find the path that you needed to be on
0: uh, I went the traditional path and I realized that didn't work. What I mean by traditional is called a realtor and I'm going to buy a rental property and look on the MLS. You know, and I, I didn't know all the calculations, but boy, I knew the numbers weren't working. <laughs> well, wow, I'm going to buy this house. on a 30 year note and put 20% down, maybe 25. And man, I think I'm going to lose money. So I went to YouTube university like everybody else. And then I took a few classes, you know, nobody that really stands out or that I want to share. just I started acquiring knowledge because there's so much out there. And literally how I got involved was I, I took a class where I, I I went on Craigslist and I started sending out a little email saying, hey, I'm uh, looking to buy my first rental property. And I was sending it to people who were doing for sale by owner. And I actually put a tagline in there. If you're looking to owner finances, you know, I, I'd love to talk to you. And I sent out about 2000 of those. Oh, all wow. over the country. And I, I was living in Fresno, California, and a guy replied in my hometown of Geneva, New York, 3,500 miles away, that had a duplex that he was getting rid of. And there was a lot of reasons why he was willing to get rid of it. And I ended up buying it off him for a song, and he held the note. And that, that's how it started. One one small deal. And then that changed my life.
1: Interesting, man. I uh, I love that you started with owner financing. That's you know, most people when they get into real estate, because real estate does take capital. No matter what people say out there, you do need money to to really be effective in real estate. Um, and there aren't a ton of strategies to do it with low money down, but seller financing is one of them. I've have said that a million times on the show. I love seller financing; it's a win win for both parties. Um, so I love to hear that. That's how you kind of got started was seller financing. So were you sending out? You were sending out offers. In, in the offer letter, it just said, you know, I would like to do seller financing. So you weren't even negotiating from the from the get go, like, hey, I just want to buy your property. You were saying, I want to specifically sell or finance your property um, right from the beginning.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I came from the consumer finance world and I, I, I work for people that are millionaires and billionaires. And the one thing I learned from every one of them is they don't spend their own money. So even though I didn't know much about real estate, other than I bought houses myself for my family to live in. I knew I didn't want to use my own money. I knew I could scale a little bit faster, and it, it turned out to be the best thing I ever did because I found a niche that I have learned to operate and thrive in, and then build off of. So right. it worked out really well. It was just, and I would go home, have a glass of scotch, and I would literally sit in front of my computer three hours a night, sending these pre-scripted emails. And Craigslist emails. is hilarious. You would get people, yeah, they were just emails. Oh, I would just send
1: emails. I thought, okay, I thought you were sending out well, letters, uh, emails. I sent that that email is crazy. <laughs> Craigslist.
0: I just. I did simple replies and people would send me hate mail and yell at me. And I mean, I got everything you could imagine that came back to me. And just one guy replied and I built a partnership with him that grew. And I found it. I found my avatar for what I was looking for, for purchasing houses. I didn't Uh know it then, but as it started to make sense, it, it taught me exactly how to scale. I found something that was replicatable.
1: Nice. So uh, let's go a little bit deeper into that first deal. How did you structure it? Um, Did you have no money down? Did you 10% down? Was it interest only? Like, What was the structure of the seller finance deal?
0: Perfect. Uh, He had actually had a a private money loan with a private money lender. He had gutted the property. One side of the duplex, the other side had a tenant in place, was about to be evicted. I took on the note, which was at 12% for... Uh, I think it's a 12% note for, I think, 15 years. Um, very inexpensive property. Didn't have a lot into it. And then I think I gave him $5,000 down plus closing costs. Uh, the property itself, I was probably all in about $45,000. I put 25000 into the property. I ended up flipping it a year ago, maybe six months ago. Six months or a year ago. And I think I got 125000 off of it. And that's oh, after making rent off of it, little by little by little by little.
1: Um. So this is this was a subject to deal. Subject
0: to deal where, I mean, it was every complicated thing you could come across, a <laughs> private money deal from a, an individual doing 12 percent loans. You know, and I didn't realize what that really would look like until I started making those payments and how quick I needed to get out of it. Yeah. Uh, the other guy was on the note. So I had two people on the note. You know, I was the guarantor personally, even though I had an LLC. So it was a pretty complicated deal.
1: Yeah, for sure. And twelve percent. I mean, those uh, those private notes and then the hard money l- notes. They can get pretty high percentages. Twelve um, percent can kill you if you're if you're keeping that for too long. So sounds like you were able to refinance out of that.
0: Refinance out in six months. Um, smartest thing I ever did. And then I was able to sell it on the open market to another investor a couple of years later after I I got good tenants in and cleaned it up. I mean, it was a win-win-win-win property. The only reason I sold is just in a small town that was really cracking down on landlords in New York that put in a landlord registry and new code enforcement rules about sidewalk maintenance. And it just got a little bit noisy. So
1: yeah, yep, that makes sense. Um, so after that first deal, how'd you go about scaling?
0: A couple ways. Uh, the gentleman I worked with started introducing me to people. I was actually on the West Coast. He was on the East Coast. He was a wholesaler, didn't know what that was. He's a lifelong real estate investor. And I just started talking to him. Once you make a good deal with somebody, it opens doors. So once this deal went through and I was able to negotiate out of this hard money loan, I had people lined up to do business with me. I I just started building a reputation. And I didn't even know I was building a reputation. I would just ask simple questions. Who else should I talk to? Do you have anything else? What else should I be looking at? And, you know, the they properties just started appearing to me is probably the best way to look at it. Financing started appearing towards me. You know, it's, I kept my word. I paid all my bills, you know, and I was always communicating with people and guys just started presenting properties to me and who they were and who that avatar was, was tired landlords that were looking to get out. Most of them were looking to transition. You know, you have this pyramid in real estate, you know, I buy, buy and hold, then I get into single family, then I want to get into multi-unit. And then the top of the pyramid is the guys that want to flip it and lend money. So I found a lot of gentlemen and a lot of ladies out there that have been landlords for 25, 30 years. They like me. They like my story. They like my credit report. And they were willing to start holding the notes or finding me financing. And I started taking over small portfolios, two, three, four at a time.
1: Nice. Yeah. I uh Tired landlords is a great um, kind of niche to be marketing to. Because especially in the single family realm, it's there's a lot of them out there. Um, so many people get into you know single family rentals, and when you only have one or two, it doesn't drastically change your financial outlook. Um, no. And so it 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 makes sense for somebody like that to be like, okay, let's I'm going to become the bank. I'm going to be seller financing here. Let's get rid of this. Figure out a way to uh, kind of move it along. Um, and I like that you said communication was one of the big things that kind of got to where you are because. You know, communicating what you're doing and then following up with your word, like you said. I mean, if you just keep doing that, you're going to grow. Your business is going to be growing regardless of of whether you really try to or not, because you're following through with your word and you're communicating with people, and people want to work with people that are doing that. Um, so love that. At what point did Joe Homebuyer come about? Um, it sounds like it. You know, at the beginning you were just kind of doing deals. When did you actually create the brand of Joe Homebuyer? So
0: I actually bought, Joe Homebuyer is a national franchise that I oh, bought okay. into based off of Utah, a gentleman named Cody Hoffine, who's uh, been involved in real estate for many years. He has a national franchise called Joe Homebuyer. I uh, I bought into them with a business partner roughly about seven months ago. We went full-time into real estate. We went with a franchise model because we were we were wholesaling, we were flipping, but we weren't scaling. We couldn't figure it out. You know, I wanted to leave my full-time job. My partner wanted to leave his job. We just couldn't get the roadmap to turn it into a seven-figure business. And we were surrounded by gurus, surrounded by classes. And uh, Joe Homebuyer had a, a pretty easy barrier to entry. I keep using that expression, but it wasn't expensive to purchase into. And you got systems overnight. You got training overnight. So we were, we were both working together in California, decided, you know, we're going to wholesale. We're going to flip. We couldn't break the, you know, three deals every three months barrier. And with the systems that we got from this company and that we put into place, and we started our own Joe Homebuyer in Fresno and Bakersfield, California, you know I'm averaging 17 deals a month right now.
1: Nice, man, I love it. That's great to hear. And are you uh, are these all deals that you're flipping? Or are you keeping some for your own portfolio?
0: Everything, everything. So some we wholesale the contract. California, they're still sh- they're still very short on inventory, but lots of investors. So properties that we just don't want to deal with. We put out on the wholesale market, do very well at that. We cherry pick the ones that we want to do that are local, that we feel good about, that we want to flip, you know, 3D2s, um, homes that are really geared towards an FHA mortgage. Hmm. Those do really well here in the Central Valley of California. And then we, we do buy. We keep buying for our own rental portfolio. The flipping market in California is lucrative. The wholesale is lucrative. So we actually flip or we actually build our portfolio out of state. We yeah. have, I think we're in three different states now with our rentals.
1: Yeah. I, uh, the, the guy that I learned um, from like way back in 2014, I took a course from Matt and He's actually down in California. And he had this philosophy where you flip on the coast and you, uh, you buy and hold in the center of the US. And I was like, that makes a lot of sense because rarely does a coastal city make a lot of sense when it comes to cash flow. But it does make sense when it comes to the flip. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I love that. How about? Uh, it sounds like the key for you guys was joining that franchise, but it sounds like within that that franchise umbrella, it was really the systems that put you um, to the next level from that three deals per month up to the seventeen. Um, what was there any specific system that you felt really kind of opened the doors for you, or can you pinpoint anything exactly that? Um, yeah, kind of take took you to the next level.
0: Hundred percent, hundred percent. I'd love to answer that. So, what I run and when I introduce my business to people, it's a boutique real estate investing company. I help buyers. I help my team identify off-market properties. What does that mean? I have probably one of the biggest marketing engines in all of the Central Valley, or probably in a hundred miles of California. There's very few companies, probably on the anywhere around us, that have a marketing engine that we built. We took the ideas from Joe Homebuyer, from a few other people that we like. And we just, we pumped them up on steroids. So the reality is I'm a massive marketing engine that's identifying off-market properties. That engine runs six days a week, 18 hours a day. It is powered by people here, people in Colombia, people in the Philippines. And all day long, we're identifying off-market properties. And that really is the core of the business. What we do with them after, that's really up to us. It's the end of the month. We're looking at this portfolio. Do we keep this? Do we sell this? Do we keep this? But the marketing is what keeps us moving, the spend, the the energy, the the evolution, and trying to stay plugged into all the different channels, not investing in one and having literally 14 to 15 different marketing channels to find these properties
1: yeah it all comes down to volume um, and that's the you know i'm on the commercial side it It is the same for commercial as it is for single family if you want to get good deals it comes down to the volume of marketing that you're putting out there you're going to find good deals in volume so um, it makes a lot of sense. It sounds like that was your key is you guys just really dialed it up you got the volume in there, and you started bringing those leads to you um Is there any when it comes to lead generation, because it sounds like that is your guys's, you know, bread and butter, your your forte, what specific channel do you feel work the best um, down there in Central Valley?
0: The cleanest one is still web PPC. Yeah. Those are the ones that when you get that deal, you will have it under contract in 24 hours. They're usually the, the cream of the crop homes. Ninety percent of those are our personal flips, direct mail and cold calling. While it sounds archaic, and people hear that. No, those those generate deals. As I go through, you know, my VAs track, I track all my KPIs. I track my leads, my opportunities, appointments, the marketing channel, the spend on the channels. As I start identifying all those items, it comes back to two main main polls for volume. And it is telemarketing and it is direct mail. But then you get into the, the aspect of quality. You know, how good is the quality of those two providers, whether you're doing them yourself or you're managing a vendor. So the the big thing with any 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 marketing channel is your vendor management, and how plugged in you are, and how well you're tracking it.
1: Yep, yep. Um So quality, you said, is the is the thing that you guys are looking for. Which which channel do you feel brings the highest quality of leads? Oh, you said PPC was the highest quality, right?
0: Yeah, web, web and PPC are definitely the highest quality. Uh, the next highest is direct mail. The next highest is telemarketing. Oh, yeah. you know we. We're, yeah, it's just if you look at the deals and the deals that we actually get under contract and we either keep or move, those are the ones that are actually putting money in the bank. Now, I have I have nine other channels other than that, everything from driving for dollars. You know, I have, I have professional drivers in three different cities pinning properties every single day. I have niche cold callers that are calling specialized lists that I craft and create. Uh, I have two kids that were t- left the solar industry that are door knocking for me right now. So it's, it's always a different channel. It's always a different way to explore things, but those two generate the most volume. If you want to get into real estate and you want deals, hire a cold call company right away, or just hire a VA cold call, send out direct mail. Your phone will ring. You just have to be prepared for it. So somebody asked me recently, you know, how long does it take to ramp up or to get a deal? It's up to you. When does your mail drop? When does it hit? Are you ready on the phone? Do you have a good script? Are you willing to go talk to the person? Those two channels, you know telemarketing and indirect mail they can bring deals to your table very fast yep. web takes you know 90 days facebook takes you know gosh man sometimes four months just to calibrate your account yeah so those are your two fastest to get to the table
1: yep. it's funny i've actually uh i personally have found that cold calling is um our highest quality channel <laughs> in terms of uh in terms of leads We we only do commercial but um I do find I have found that cold calling, you know, having somebody hiring a VA to go out there, make the calls. Uh, that's the best way for us to bring in leads. So it's interesting that you guys kind of found um, direct mail to be a higher quality of lead than uh, than cold calling.
0: I've ran direct mail campaigns my whole life in corporate America. So I, I worked in uh, consumer finance.
1: Mm. Uh, so you're probably better lending, at it than we are.
0: <laughs> payday lending, uh, installment loans, rent a center, which is really just a lending company. Just we're lending furniture and TVs and it, it's a very similar customer demographic when you're identifying off market properties and those are always the strongest channels. It's just how analytic do you get with them? You know, with, with my cold calling per se, when I, when I say it's, it's, it's good. It's good. Sometimes direct mail, I can hit a little bit more, but on my cold calling, I mean, the company I work with has a BI team. They're giving me direct analytics. How good is the quality of my skip trace? What zip codes are getting better? So that's where you get into the quality. So I'll, and the other thing is you never know one month I can make all my money off the web and I can make no money off of telemarketing, but you got to save the course because eventually it's all going to flip and it all changes and you got to keep them all firing at all times.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah. We found the the same thing. Things kind of go not in and out of vogue, but I feel like it's just that um, sometimes the gurus out there, they teach a certain tactic, whatever, you know, texting, direct mail, whatever. Um, and then everybody tries that for a couple months. And then the, you know, Owners of consumers out there who are receiving them that version of you know that media, um, they kind of get tired of it, and so the next version uh, becomes more popular, and it just kind of goes in circles like that. So, uh, makes sense. Um, I did take a peek at the clock. It looks like we have ran down our time, so it's time to jump into the quick question round. Are you ready? Let's go. Let's do it. Uh, it starts with books or any form of education. I need two recommendations: one for general life wisdom, one for real estate specific.
0: General Life Wisdom is Traction EOS by Gino Wickman. If you're going to get into business for yourself, you got to have a system. It's not just food trucks and flip-flops. You, if you're going to build a business, you got to have a system. And it's, it system, systematizes your life and your business itself. And then for real estate, uh, The Burr Method by Brandon Turner, any book you're going to get from bigger pox, is going to be great. But for people looking to get into real estate, The Burr Method is a great way to do it, and it really outlines it very well, very precise.
1: Yep. Nice. So traction. I've heard that one before. Um, I haven't picked it up yet, but I want to you've uh, multiple people have recommended it. So I'll have to check it out. All right. Next question is for your younger self. So let's go back to the Fred who is still working in corporate America. He was still doing uh, doing all those drives out there in, in the middle of America. Go to him. Look him in the eye. Give him one piece of advice moving forward. Start sooner.
0: Start sooner. Tell your kids to start sooner. Get them involved in real estate education, financial education, start sooner as soon as you can.
1: Yep. Yeah. Whoever's taking the the tally, that is another one for start sooner. Every single episode, I ask that question and I swear to God, it's 90% of the people say they wish they started sooner. So if you're out there, you haven't started yet, just go get started. Do anything. Send mailers, start calling people, get a deal done. You are not going to regret it um, later in life. Moves us to the next question. This is for your business. Uh, Every business runs on the positions, on the the people that we work with. um, And it all starts with the first three positions. So what were the first three positions you hired for? And would you do it differently if you did it today?
0: Uh, First positions I hired for were a lead manager. The second one was an acquisitions manager. And the third one was just a stereotypical VA behind the scenes. I would have hired the acquisitions manager first Just because that's the face of the company takes longer to stand up. I think the first hire you should probably always make, though, if you're going off and be an entrepreneur, is any type of virtual assistant. You know, whether it's just to help you get organized, get structured. VAs are very inexpensive. They're amazing to help you. And it is a it's it's a secret in the toolbox of entrepreneurs that are successful.
1: Yep. Yep. Um, you made a distinction between a lead manager and an acquisitions manager. Manager, um, is a lead manager. Is that kind of what is that to you? What is the what's the uh, The lead manager
0: is all roads lead to Rome. So all my deal flow is going to them. All my leads. So if I have cold callers in the Philippines, Colombia, anywhere else, they're screening the leads as they're coming in. They're 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 still cold calling a little bit every day. But then the acquisition manager gets leads that are hotter. You know, the acquisition mm. managers higher up on the skill set. They're my negotiator. They're my closer. We work heavily on appointments here. That's the person the lead manager is feeding the appointments to. That way, they're not wasting their time trying to qualify the the property or the customer.
1: It's just time to
0: deal, negotiate, pen to paper with that person.
1: Yep, yep, makes sense. All right, next one is about the U.S. Uh, it's a big place, a lot of opportunity out there. Give me one metro that you're most excited about investing in today.
0: Uh, right here, at home, Fresno, California, Central Valley. Low price point, Californians are moving here. People from out of state are moving here. Silicon Valley, as people start to escape, they're all coming here to work virtual. It's a great place to be, great place to be in real estate. for okay. For me, not for anybody watching the podcast. For you, <laughs> lots of other cities. But for me, Fresno works really good.
1: Yep. Yeah, it's beautiful down there too. Provided you guys have enough water. I've heard uh, your your lake is kind of drying up, but I'm sure No, we'll... we're good.
0: We're we're good. The mountains, we still have snow caps on the mountains. It's gonna be 90 out today. There's still snow. We had yeah. we had record rains, record snowfall this year. We are officially out know. of the drought.
1: Perfect. I love it. Back to Fresno. All right. Next question is uh we've already we've already covered this, but I'm gonna ask it anyways, just so we can kind of re-rehash it and get it into everybody's mind. It all starts with deals. It all starts with lead flow. Give me your number one favorite way to generate leads.
0: Talking to people. You know, there's the gentleman, Brett Daniels. Everybody knows it. you got to get on the phone. You got to talk to people. So that's it. It's 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 the business. You're not going to get... I got lucky sending emails. If I was talking to people, going to events, I would have got there a lot quicker. So talk to people.
1: All starts with relationships. Um And on that note, none of us are, are islands. We all stand on the shoulders of giants. So give me, or who is one mentor who has contributed significantly to your career today?
0: It's nobody, it's probably a lot of people ever heard of. His name is Mark Stubler. He's one of the co-owners of Joe Homebuyer. You know, runs a $4 million operation out of Utah and has been a mentor to me for probably the last year, showing me how his shop is laid out, how how to run things, how to negotiate at a higher level how to get into rooms that I probably couldn't get into a couple of years ago. But you have to have those people, especially in this industry. The other thing is in this industry, those people are they're everywhere. And they're, there's a lot of quality people willing to help you. So always ask.
1: Yep. And always go. I mean, what I found actually recently in my own career is that going to conferences and events like that is actually a lot more beneficial than I thought because you meet people like this. Um, you strike up conversations you know, during the interim between the different... Uh, um, speakers and that they turn into relationships and one thing leads to another and you got yourself either a mentor a partner or, or somebody that works with you along your career so um love to hear that leads us to the second to last question and this is about your strengths we are all gifted with strengths that we uniquely provide this world so what is your superman strength
0: energy full of it Energy and vision. You know, I I can see where this needs to go and I can put the energy in and get people to follow me to, to get to down that road.
1: Perfect. I love it. All right, last question. This one is for the listeners. Uh, you've given us a lot to think about. I'm sure people want to reach out. What's the best way for people to get in contact with you?
0: I'm a simple guy. Just email me, fwarder at joehomebuyer.com. It is not a bot. It is not a VA that will reply. If, if you just want to talk real estate, I have nothing to sell you. I'd love to help you find a property if you want to get into investing. I'd love to talk to you about it. I just want to help. A lot of people help me and I'd love to give back. So Warder at joehomebuyer.com.
1: All right, F. W-A-R-D-E-R at joehomebuyer.com. I will put that in the show notes. So if y'all want to reach out to Fred, just click a little more in the description. It'll pull down the full description and in there you can find Fred's email. All right, man, that wraps it up. Thank you very much for wrapping on the show. No, thank you. It's a
0: pleasure. Have a
1: great day. Absolutely. For everybody who's here with us today, thank you guys for showing up. You are the reason we do this. So if you guys have any questions whatsoever, reach out to me, Gabe at the real estate investing club.com. And if you guys want to support the show, all we ask is you give us a like, subscribe, share all that jazz. Other than that, I hope you guys have a great week. Keep rocking real estate. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right. Before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make.